I felt like anytime I would work at a company, I'd have all these ideas of how this product could be better and exactly zero control. <laughs> hey Maddie, Yay. what's up? Welcome to the show. What's up? Thanks for having me. We're right now in the middle of collaboration on new Figma course together. That being said, because we're working remotely, us saying almost all of our communication is kind of like either email messages, notifications, and we don't get to actually chat like exactly. real people. So totally. this is an awesome, awesome excuse to hear what's up on your end of things. There's a lot going on over here. <laughs> Tell me, tell me. I want to. Oh my gosh. I, I want to hear all about it. Well, you know, all different kinds of things. I'm really jumping back into freelancing, which has been fun. I've put some more focus on YouTube in the past year. I just go in phases of what I enjoy working on, and I'm kind of in. I'm in a freelancing groove right now, getting some projects I'm excited about. We also have just moved into our new house, so this is one of the first things I'm recording in my new office. I just got these little things up on the wall, so it's. That's really it's nice. I saw the setup kind of like the the frame for the course. And I was like, oh, that looks yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about it. So just getting settled, you know, in a new space is always like kind of jarring in general. And then, you know, just a lot of, a lot of new, new things going on this summer for me. Is this, is this kind of like first house that you buy together with, with yes. your husband and stuff? Yep, exactly. And it's been a long time coming. We were working on renovating this house for two years. So oh my gosh, it's crazy. been a long time coming. Good to be in here. But yeah. But it's in the same same area of the country? Yes, we're still in Colorado. So it's it's all, you know, similar stuff, same friends, all of that, but just like getting getting settled and like when you build a new house, like there's no like a closet is just an empty room. You know, you gotta put up the shelves and all this stuff. And you know, our house is something we're growing into. So there's a lot of spaces like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We, so for us, it was kind of like weird. We moved into a rental house and then we ended up buying it so that we didn't have to do anything. We were already living there. Amazing, amazing. But you, you, do, you do have this fantasy of, oh, you know, if I would build my own house, here's what I would do. So, so you actually got to fulfill all of your fantasies now? Yes, yes. And it was not as glamorous as it was in my head. <laughs> what, but, the, the process yeah. or the end result? The process the process for sure you know i obviously had to make some compromises like in terms of budget and stuff so i'm happy with the end result though obviously i could have gone a lot further if you know money were no object but the process was rough we had and this happens to a lot of people but we had a contractor who actually you know kind of scammed us and oh, at I this point this in time times. yeah it's so common unfortunately but at this point in time he actually owes us money so we're going back and forth with his lawyer and all this stuff and he's oh, only able to pay like 10 percent of what he owes us so we're in the hole way more than we thought going in but you know you just gotta you gotta take it for what it is after yeah. a while and just kind of give up control but yeah and we're kind of things... at the fun part now <laughs> no i wanted to ask so it's good that you said you're in the fun part i wanted yeah. to ask if anything changed 
from a, like a financial stress kind of situation. I don't know, for me, like we had to take mortgage and then now there's like inflation and like prices are going up. So it's kind of like puts us in this weird, I don't yep. know, stressful position, but it's like, oh, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> We're <laughs> You're in there the same well. boat. <laughs> got it. 100%, 100%. Yeah, cool. and my husband but you got started your... a new job, so. Okay, congratulations. You know. Yeah, yeah, so that's good. You know, we're everyone's okay. We're going to be fine. <laughs> but yeah. I think a lot of people are stressed about financial things at the moment. It's just It's just a weird time for sure. It's a very weird year for us as well yeah. in flux it's kind of like and you know because we've talked about this but it's just yeah. like covid was like weird for a lot of people and it was you know also financially unstable but weirdly enough you know for us in the kind of like online courses space it was actually good because people were home and studying and yeah. stuff like that and then this year it's kind of like uh-oh something has changed and everybody i think everybody's feeling it so yeah, and there's yeah, a whole kind of like, new sort of round of layoffs happening now in tech. So I'm hearing that from, you know, people in the online space. And I'm also hearing a similar thing from my friends working in tech companies. And so you're you're never safe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, I think safety is just like when you're working at a company, it's mostly an illusion that you're safety because you're yeah. like, I'm going to work there next month. That's what you think, right? <laughs> exactly. You never know. You just yeah. never know. So you, you've mentioned you were kind of like going back and forth between working in tech and then freelancing. And so tell me, tell me about that. Why do you make the yeah. switch? What's like the pros and cons in each? Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's hundreds of pros and cons in each. So I started out, like I didn't realize when I graduated college that like working for yourself was even a thing or I knew, I knew some people who did it, but it was not on my mind at all. So what did you study I, in college? Was it like I design studied related? graphic design? Yep. So didn't do a whole lot of coursework in like UI UX or even web design for that matter. Um, but the first job that I ended up getting out of college was at a tech company, just sort of by chance. And that's really what got me, you know, down the path that I've gone down as I learned on the job, like UI UX, when it was a fairly new field, like I was called a digital designer. I wasn't even called a UI UX designer, uh, but what I was doing was very much UI UX, what I still But were there today. people on job to help you study or is it like, I'm on my own, I need to figure there this out? There were people, yep, it was... A, Honestly, it's such a fantastic first job and I feel really lucky now talking to people who are looking for something like this to get into the field. I had a team um, of two sort of, I guess, managers and three other designers who were more or less on my level. And I, they taught me, you know, everything I needed to know. I had no idea what like sketch was. That's what we were using at the time hadn't even heard of it until my first day on the job and it wasn't so required went, to get the job <laughs> nope literally wasn't all That's that awesome. was required was my graphic design portfolio <laughs> these um, days it's like 20 years of figma experience dude <laughs> it's not even exists for 20 years <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so i really got lucky with the timing of when i got into it but anyway so i that was my first gig and i was like oh i like this like i really like the practical side of design like usability and things like that i just you know there was no pressure either like i learned it on the job and i was like oh like this is fun you know and 
So I liked it. And then I went through a phase where I was like, eh, I'm kind of bored of it. I didn't see myself doing this. I didn't study this. So like, what else is out there? Like, I liked this, but I was like, I don't want to pigeonhole myself. So it's by the way, the it's worth time. mentioning that it's kind of like, it's very different from graphic design. I think it, I feel like it's a different part of the brain, right? Like graphic 1, design, visual, it's more like right side of the brain. UX exactly. is very kind of like logical left side. Exactly. Yeah. So I was really missing that like creative, you know, you can certainly be creative working in tech, but not as much. So I was missing that a little bit. And at the same time, I was starting to hear about these people online who were going off on their own and like working for clients. And I would sort of see on social media like those cheesy things that you saw in the beginning of like the online cor course world that was like how to get your first like you know five figure client and like whatever and i was like what is this and so i was just like interested in it i was like people are making money like working for themselves. wait you didn't have any designer friends who were like i mean you studied graphic design none of your friends went out to freelance not really and if they were freelancing, it was more on like a contracting basis where they would work for a company for, you know, a certain period of time. It wasn't so much like grinding to get clients. And even like my professors that I had, I remember they worked for themselves, but it wasn't, it was always sort of like in their community. Like they only had clients because they knew people who were living in the same city as them, who were like had this big successful business already and wanted some design work. It was not so much you could be a designer, you know, in Colorado or Pittsburgh where I was living at the time and work with, you know, startups around the world or like little small businesses that you never would meet except for if you were online. So that whole thing was new to me. Like I was, I was just curious about it. And so, you know, I actually started a branding and web design freelance business with my friend that I had graduated, like my design program with. And we moved out to Colorado together randomly. We were both moving there separately. Like my hus now husband got a job in Colorado. So we had to move there and she separately was moving to Colorado for something. And so we were like, let's start this business together. And so that was my first taste of working for myself. And it's not even, by the way, freelancing is like starting an agency with a partner. Yeah. It's like even more <laughs> yes. elaborate than that. Yeah. It was, it was. And in hindsight, it was ambitious, but we learned Did a lot. Did you have lot. like a plan, like how to get clients or whatever? No, kind of. <laughs> we, at the time, it was honestly, it was not the spot the smartest it was very on a whim at the time we were like getting a couple inquiries from just like friends of friends of like could you do this logo for me and i'm talking like this person would pay us like a couple hundred dollars like we weren't really seeing anything that promising but we were like let's just roll with it and we ended up doing like okay to the point where we could both support ourselves for I think we did this for I think two years actually a year and a half or nice. two years and we made enough to like support ourselves you know we both had roommates and and that kind of thing so it wasn't that that successful but it was enough to like give me the taste of 
being a business owner and really kind of enjoying that, like enjoying the admin part of it. How, how did you like, split the work, like the work and responsibility between both of you? Yeah, that's where we went wrong. <laughs> so we, we both didn't. Had, we right. We we weren't really clearly communicating on how we should split things up, and that was our downfall. We had a little bit of you know a rough patch, and we have since patched it in our friendship but I don't think we were the best for working together and so yeah that was a hard lesson yeah. to learn I have but so many I have so many friends with this story yeah, yeah. some of yeah. them don't end well actually some of them lose right. the friendship yeah. yeah which is really hard and it's it's so much harder than you think like you think because we both had I had a little bit more of the business mind and she had a little bit more of the creative mind but at the same time we both were hands-on doing the design work and so it was hard to determine who would sort of take home what for what projects. If someone brought in a project, you know, we determined, oh, it would be more fair if that person, you know, got to choose who did the project. And then, you know, we had all these percentages and all this stuff. And it just like, in the end, if two people have even a slightly different idea of how the business is going to go and they're not communicating, it's not going to go well. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the trap we fell into. But that's when, when I was starting to feel a little uncertain about the future of that business is actually when I got the opportunity to work with Adobe for a year. So that kind of put me back in the company, you know. How did that happen? Yeah, I saw place. it on your Instagram bio that you, yeah. you did a residency. What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure what it means or how yeah. you got it. So the Adobe residency is or was the program has changed like changes a bit here and there and i'm not up on you know what the program exactly exactly is like at the moment but when i applied and when i worked there it was a year-long program where you would basically be sponsored by adobe so they would pay you a really nice salary for one year to essentially work on um, like community projects with them. So being like- an Is there like a Colorado office in for Adobe or? There might be a satellite office. I worked um, with Adobe entirely Remotely? during COVID. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so the program actually was supposed to be about 25% like either in person or traveling to speak at events and stuff. And unfortunately, all the events I spoke at were online and, you know, I was never able to go and visit their offices or anything. But essentially what, what it is is half time. Wait, how did you get into the, how did you get into this? How did you hear so about it? How did you I heard it? about it? I was following Patricia Rainers on Instagram. Do you know her? She's a big UX. No. Um, no. Okay. She, Maybe. I don't know. She's, she, you'd probably recognize her. She is. Um, I'm probably following her. But yeah. You're probably following her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't um, logged into Instagram for like yeah, yeah, yeah. a while. <laughs> totally. So she, I just ended up following her on social media just because, you know, I'm a designer and she's a big designer on social media. And I was like, this person has Adobe in their profile, but like they're doing all of these cool like personal projects. And so I looked into it and what I found was that she was at the time a part of the year long Adobe creative residency. It's basically half time. They sponsor you to do personal projects, like what you want to do. They'll um, pair you up with like a research expert within the company to help you learn how to do UX research. It's actually for creatives of any kind. So they're 
when I did it, there were only two, me um, doing UX and someone doing photography. But bef the five or six years before that with the program, there were five or six, even up to 10. So different prints, um, different like areas of design and drawing even. And so that person would pair up with someone doing like illustrator for ipad or whatever so you're basically an evangelist for adobe and you also get to work on personal projects that like ideally build your portfolio to go and do what you want to do next so that was the residency and it was kind of you know a mix between working for yourself and working for a company i was not on a product team at adobe i got to shadow the product team at adobe it's more of kind of like an internship like a paid internship type thing but yeah that's what the residency is how do you feel about adobe i mean i grew up on photoshop and my first few jobs were like fully creative suite yep. but i feel like in the so i feel like in graphic design and in advertising it's like mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta use Adobe and it's web design and now kind of like UX UI they're getting a bad rap and now like everybody's yeah. like if I if I can avoid them I will avoid them and totally. they're like sad that they they <laughs> said that they purchased Figma <laughs> like how do you feel about it? Yeah, that's a good question. I have mixed opinions because I will say when I was applying to the Adobe residency, I wasn't yet into Figma or anything. I had used Sketch and then I had start started using Adobe XD because I had that Adobe plan. I was like integrated in their workflow. I thought that was the only option. It kind of was the only option for a minute, you know? And so when I applied, I was like, yeah, like Adobe was still like, you know, the company. And it was kind of during COVID, correct me if I'm wrong, this is my interpretation, during COVID and during my residency, when the switch, like the, you know, block started to fall the other direction of people being like, wait, now Figma is popular. I now know how to use it. Why would I ever go back to Adobe? The whole thing that you're saying. So I went into it feeling like great about Adobe. I had an amazing experience working with everyone I worked with at Adobe. So I have this like, like in my head, the company and the people who work there are great like people, but I can see how if you have had no sort of like personal ties to Adobe, you'd be like, F them. Why is this so expensive? You know, all of this stuff. And yeah. I get it now. Like I, I entirely use Figma and most of my friends entirely use Yeah, Figma. so I think it depends. You know, I always kept using Photoshop, mm. even, even, you know, I'm a YouTuber, so I do my thumbnails in Photoshop. You know, I, I always, right. even if I do website, you need to, you know, uh, cut out the, the, the person from the background or do like color adjustment and stuff like that. You, you only need, you know, a, a photo editing software. I also edit videos, so I need Premiere. So I'm, I'm using exactly. a few of them. So for me, the price is actually like, I get everything for a single price. It's, it's all right. And yeah. now now right now i don't know if you've played with the generative ai feel which is kind of like okay mind-blowing yeah i've seen it i haven't played with it yet wow this is just like incredible and i think it's kind of like step in the right direction to show that yeah. adobe is far from gone and yeah so i think like a lot of people in the web design or ux ui don't need it yeah so they are kind of like trashing on it and it's just like i don't need it although i do right. think that if you're only mastering figma or something like that and you can't manipulate visuals, you're gonna be limited, right? 100%. Uh, in, in, the, in the type of visuals that you can do. 
but yeah, but but I also understand kind of like from a product standpoint, like Figma is so snappy and fast and intuitive yeah. and, and like Photoshop or the other Adobe software now feel kind of like heavy, clunky. Exactly. Takes a while. So it's kind of like does that's what feel I feel like, like more old school. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I feel like they could do. Like I love that they're introducing all this cool like new tech. And stuff and I think it's gonna be kind of life-changing like I'm like you said with Premiere I can't wait till they start to bring some of that into Premiere to where you can sort start to like cut down on editing time I feel like there's so much you could I mean do you can already do AI, AI captions I think in captions Premiere, so. yeah. yeah and like there are certain softwares that use AI to cut out um, pauses in your yeah, filler time yeah for yeah sure. exactly this kind of thing like I feel like there's huge potential in that and if they really go that direction I feel like it could be huge but it does <laughs> I, still yeah good you know so I, I just wanted to share something funny so yeah we had you know we we just had a videos for a new course for a new framework course and it turns out that there were the the editor missed out on some spots where you know he you know the the presenter told the guy hey cut this out or something yeah. like this. And yet, so somebody on my team basically took all of the transcripts for the course, threw yeah. it into an AI and told him, find out which videos have mistakes in them. And the AI basically went and told him on video six in minute 34, he's saying, please cut this out. He figured out, the AI figured out exactly oh what gosh. needs to be edited out. Now, if that's going to be integrated into the editing software, I mean, editing time is going Huge. to be like significantly yeah it's so cool exactly yeah crazy right so all of that stuff like there's huge huge opportunity there but i feel like if they if they only are adding things like all of this fancy yeah. stuff and they're not really like making it more user-friendly like why hasn't photoshop or premiere or those things why has why hasn't the ui changed in like 10 years you know it's, like i yeah. i want them to kind <laughs> it's of it's called take... backward com compatibility you know it needs <laughs> yeah. to work with old files and stuff like that and it's this i also think true. that kind of like the old concept of software hey you download this from the internet and update the yeah. new version versus cloud-based you always work on the new version is kind of like an old approach to for sure and i'm sure yeah, it's a huge hurdle for them too yeah to go that direction so, now so you did the fig the you did the adobe kind of like thing did you went mm -hmm. back to freelancing or did you get a job afterwards what happened technically i guess was freelancing but i was full-time working with this startup so it was myself and three guys from Germany. So it wasn't, you know, like a W-2 job, but you know, I was working full-time for them along with continuing my YouTube channel and stuff. And so that was kind of a crazy experience. Like again, somewhere in the middle between working for yourself and working for a company, it was just this cool idea that these guys had and I they brought me on as the design lead. So I did the UI UX for this app as well as the web design, any like visual assets, the branding, video stuff, marketing stuff, pitch deck, like all the design stuff, which was really cool. How did they um, find you? So they found me, interestingly enough, I did a YouTube video where I was critiquing the design of what is the audio only app that was popular for like two seconds during COVID. 
uh, the audio only Club, social media. Clubhouse? Clubhouse. Uh, yeah, Clubhouse. Thank yeah. you. So I did a whole video where I was like, this is how I would improve the UI UX of Clubhouse or whatever. And because <laughs> they were doing... save them. <laughs> it, no, it didn't. They really should have listened to me. <laughs> no, but they... So this... Um, this guy who was looking for, you know, designers, I guess, came across my video. And since they were doing a social media type of app, um, they thought that I could be a good fit. So that was kind of fun. That was the first at what time point, I got... At what point do you, just, do you decide I'm going to do YouTube videos and why? I yeah. Because that's not I... an obvious choice for many people. Yep. That started during my Adobe residency. So as I was doing kind of like speaking engagements, you know, attached to Adobe, like I was basically giving workshops on XD and um, speaking with like aspiring designers and stuff, doing portfolio reviews. I really enjoyed that like teaching, I guess, you know, route. And so I was looking at a couple past residents who had started mostly doing stuff on Instagram, but a couple of people had started successful YouTube channels. And I was like, well, why not? Felt like I had a little bit of a, um, a leg up in terms of being employed by Adobe at the moment. Like that gets you some, some street cred did, <laughs> online. Did they help and you? Like, did they help with distribution and they did. Like getting reviews? Yeah. That's all, so awesome. Yep. They would every once in a while share out a video on Twitter, like a link to one of my videos on Twitter. That was mostly how they like were able to sort of help. But um, yeah, so it was just a good time to do it. And I started it and really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, I've been off and on creating since then. I kind of go again, I go in waves depending on what's going on. It's still not a super sustainable income stream for me, which is why I don't focus on it really full time. But I do love it. I just love the teach. I mean, you know, the teaching aspect is really rewarding to be able to sort of take stuff that you're doing in real life, like clients that I'm working with, a lot of them will let me after they launch or even before they launch, share stuff on my YouTube channel and really break it down like the real behind the scenes of a project, which is cool. Yeah. That's this thing, by the way, that it's funny that you said, you said, I can't do it because it's not a, an income stream. You know, I think, you know, I did it for like three years every yeah. day, not as an income stream. And then at some point, you know, when I moved from freelancing to teaching, it, 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 does, it did become my income stream, yeah. direct or indirect. And I got to say, it's way more fun when it's not your income stream and yeah. you can do whatever you want and, and only talk right. about, you know, the case studies and, and the thing. I'm trying to bring so that funny. back uh, yeah. for myself, you know? Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that. And so that's why I, because the amount of like time investment upfront that you, I'm sure, put in before it became an income stream, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, for and sure. But so, again, I, I wasn't doing it. I don't think you can do it saying, okay, if I put thousand hours it's going to generate whatever you don't, you don't know. know that yeah. yeah and it's you know if you calculate the hours it's going to end up like i worked in mcdonald's or something right exactly. it's just like <laughs> it's it's yeah. uncalculatable i guess 100 percent, 100 percent in it so when you're doing something like my channel where i am one person and i can only really put out you know one video a week if it's going to be a good video 
It's also tricky to have to rely on sponsors and the, like I get so many sponsor requests for companies that I would never use their product. And so it becomes really difficult. Like I have genuinely about five to 10 like software companies that I work, you know, like I use, I mean, like my, in my suite, in my process and my like recommended things. If someone outside of that, those 10 companies reaches out, I don't feel like I should work with them. So that really limits how I can make <laughs> That's, money. So my, my problem is this. It's like, if they reach out to me and I don't use them, I don't want to talk about them. I don't want to talk about if them. If their product is good, I want to talk about it even if I'm not getting paid. Even if, so, exactly. <laughs> and and that for me, that happened with Webflow, right? You know, I started yeah. talking about them just because I was so excited. Eventually, I've made them pay me for a while, but yes. you know, I, it, it was just like, I'm going to do it anyway, right? So it's just yeah. might might as well be a good fit, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, I know. Right now we're, so we're getting tons of sponsorship requests for YouTube, which we don't do. But now yeah. we have a we we also have a big newsletter. Mm. So now I was like, hey, I see other people like actually getting money sponsorship from you know um, newsletter. So maybe yeah. maybe we do sponsorship for that. But now I'm also in the same kind of like spot where I'm like, ah, is this going to be a good fit? Not going right. to be a good fit. And yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult it to is. match it. It is. It's like the whole reason that someone would want to go off on their own work for themselves, you know, create this like YouTube channel or whatever it is that is just their own and they can make all the decisions. It's very like opposite from like, okay, now I need to attach myself to the two companies that I use all the time, like Webflow and Figma. Like if I need to get them to pay me consistently, it's like, okay, then I'm just working for them. <laughs> it's like, it's a very hard balance. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So I don't think you've mentioned how you got into the Adobe program. Did, did you have to apply or something oh. or like, how does that work? Yes, yes. I guess I did skip over that. So yes, you apply with a pitch deck for the project that you want to work on. So I decided that if I got, you know, the position that I would want to spend my time working on the integration between software and wellness. So like just kind of like fun wellness apps so the one I did was aromatherapy, uh, like a smart aromatherapy app. I did one related to like testing. Wait, so you, that's what you've pitched them or like, I'm going to use pitched, Adobe XD to design this one, this and this. Exactly. Yes. I, okay. I can't actually remember in my pitch deck how specific I got, but I think I pitched this whole theme of like wellness and technology. And then I listed three or four sort of ideas within that of like, I could create this app that does X, Y, and Z. And I want to explore, you know, will this help people feel more, um, cause it was during COVID, right? So the aromatherapy thing was like, how can I help people sort of segment their day and feel like, okay, at this time I'm working. This is like the aroma that is playing or is, you know, in my room whenever I'm supposed to be working. And then it switches, you know, it smart switches to this 
um, more relaxing type of aroma whenever I'm supposed to be like winding down for the day, maybe cooking some dinner and like, you know, that kind of thing. That was the idea. It was all very like COVID based. I feel like a lot of designers <laughs> did this like, oh, now that it's Now COVID, you should be making can... a sourdough bread thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I put together this pitch deck and what else was it? I think it was mostly the pitch deck and I think I attached a resume. I don't think they cared too much about your resume, but it was mostly like, okay, what will you spend time doing and how will you share it with the community? And so I said, oh, I'm going to, I didn't even think I was going to do a YouTube channel yet. I was like, I'm going to share on social media. I'm going to do these fun challenges on like, you know, Instagram and, and all of this stuff. That's kind of how the pitch was was set up. What are you going to work on? How is it going to benefit the community? And how did, are you going to Did you already have it? kind of like Instagram audience at that point? Is it only nope. for influencers? Not at all. No, I had very, very normal, you know, just friends following me on Instagram. Yeah. So um, they're really just looking for like potential, like new and upcoming, you know, yeah. designers, creatives who are going to really put the work into maybe make themselves a platform and be able to be like a long-standing influencer for for Adobe. So yeah, I somehow got got the position from that. Oh, there were a couple interviews for sure. There were a couple phone interviews and, you know, Zoom interviews with the various folks on both like the community and marketing team and also on the um, product teams. So you said you've got a bunch of pros and cons for like freelancing or getting a job how yeah. do you feel how do you feel these days yeah these days i'm really liking the the freelance life i think a lot of times i'll sort of scare myself financially into thinking that i need something full time um or something you know like where i'm getting like a salary but ultimately i think i'm always going to fall back into like wanting to work for myself i just I have at this point, um, like my YouTube channel is a, actually a really great source for new clients and that has been working really well for me. It's not like people reach out every week or anything, but anytime someone does reach out, it ends up being someone that's really great to work with for whatever reason. And so that's been a really good a really good thing for me. So yeah, I guess pros at the moment I'm feeling are like, I'm working with, I'm working on things that are just really fun. Like I don't get bored of what I'm working on because Do you do it's normally... mainly projects or do you also do retainers? Or now it's trendy so... to say design subscriptions. <laughs> I don't do design subscriptions, <laughs> but I should look into that. No, I'm um, mostly projects. And then less so retainer work, but a lot of times my clients will come back and say, okay, we're doing another phase. Like I'll work on them with their, for their MVP. And then they'll come back, you know, even months later and say, okay, we want to work on this now. Or what if we added this feature or, you know, that kind of thing. So it does become a lot of good ongoing work, but project-based, I'll always just sort of, you know, price it by, by a project fees and, and stuff like that. But yeah, a big con for me for working for a company was I would get bored so fast. Like I would, I'm the kind of person that gets super into an idea. I felt like anytime I would work at a company, I'd have all these ideas of how this product could be better. And 
exactly zero control. <laughs> so I'm like so invested for the first like six months. And then after that, when I, when I really realized like I, nothing I'm saying, like, even though people, some people are agreeing with me and we're like, you know, putting together these like groups of people that are working on this thing to try to like make this thing better. They never go anywhere, at least in my experience. It's like, you just don't have enough power as a product designer, you know, or even a senior product designer working on a bigger team. And so yeah, that was, was kind of my similar experience for me. It's mainly just like, I come there with all of my energy, I'm like huge learning curve for six months, getting to know them, new projects. So yeah. it's very exciting. And after that, I'm kind of like, okay, I get it. Spent mm -hmm. six months. I'm like, actually, I'm a little bit bored. And then after a totally. year, it's like my year is like, okay, I'm here a year. Bye. That's <laughs> exactly <gone>. been my <laughs> pattern. <laughs> yes. That's totally my pattern as well. I think like each time, like as I, the last company I worked for was, I'll just say the company, they're not going to mind. It's called Lunchbox, um, Lunchbox Technologies. And it was cool. I really liked it. It was sort of like an answer to the Uber question of like, okay, Uber or Uber Eats, sorry. Uber Eats and like um, Postmates are taking away so much money from small restaurants. And so like, it's almost not worth those uh, restaurants being on Uber Eats and Postmates, but that's where a lot of their business comes from. So it's this like vicious cycle of they're literally losing money, you know, all the stuff, especially during COVID, you know, it was a big issue. And so their whole thing is creating these like custom apps, like ordering apps with a completely different like financial model, like of how they charge restaurants so that it's much more friendly but to individual individual app for each restaurant individual apps all on the same platform so lunchbox is a software company it's not an like a design agency doing individual apps we kind no, of but have... it's kind of like a template and then but yes the, the the customer downloads the app of the restaurant not like a marketplace exactly exactly yeah. exactly Funny, i yeah. worked in a very similar company when i was really? freelancing yeah yeah yeah, so I, I was totally on board with the idea. I loved working on it. I was actually working on like the customer experience. So it was really cool to be working on something that like tons of people were using. The company was a little split on like how to move forward. It was a still a startup and it just felt like I couldn't really make enough of a difference for me to stay that engaged. I was so engaged for the first six months. And then also there was a round of layoffs. So a lot of people I was working with got laid off and I in turn had to do more work and was working with people that I just didn't like as much. <laughs> and so it was really rough. And so that was kind of my last, you know, experience working in a company. Like you said, after like, I think it was like nine months that I made it. I was like, nah, I'm done. So like, I feel so like by, by the statistics, you're a part of the great resignation is what I feel yeah. like a lot of people after coming back from COVID are like, you know what, actually, we're going to quit. <laughs> I think I think I am part of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. So now I feel like my projects are always changing. Like I usually don't work on something more than two or three months, you know, and if I do, then it's usually after a break of, you know, coming back and, and I have like most of the control. Like I want to, of course, include the clients and like all the decision making, but I'm the only designer. I'm the only like strategist, all this stuff. Like, yeah, I'm not, you know, this 
full scale like agency that can do all this research and all this. But like, I think I can help like a really like solid niche of people who are have these ideas and want to bring them to life. And that's kind of what I'm what I'm going towards at the moment is like getting really good at helping those companies be successful. And I I'm hoping that in the next year I'll see some of the clients I've worked with like become really successful um to sort of propel me to do do more of it but for now it's at least just like really fun and um exciting and I get to work with people without having to like you know work at a company so yeah yeah, that's where I'm at it's actually amazing to see it I remember one of my last clients I did I worked with them as just like very small team and Mm -hmm. then you know did their branding their app, their website. And then a year later, I came back to the office. There were like 30 people there. I mean, they were like three when I started. And then a year later, they already had like 300 people at two floors in the company. I'm like, like, what the, and and see kind of like the, my logo, like on the walls and like graffiti artists, like Google style, you know, uh, offices. I'm like, what is going on here? Um, Yeah. It's and at so that point, cool. you know, they have teams of people more talented than me redoing everything yeah. like looks better. I'm like <laughs> feeling bad about doing, you know, because I'm just a single person, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, That's so it's, awesome. it's it's amazing to see. I know. Yeah. It's the best. They're works. really yeah, I kind of got that feeling early on. I did a logo for it's so funny. So, my mom was hired to do a logo she's a create she's an artist but she had never really used a computer to do a logo but her friend you know was starting this yoga wellness studio in our neighborhood and she was like oh you know my friend tracy which is my mom is super creative like i'm gonna hire her to do a logo (laughs) this is when i was in college i think and my mom was like maddie help (laughs) like i don't know how to do a logo and so we like kind of worked on it together like we were like i was helping her like pick fonts and all this stuff it was like just this fun collaborative thing that was just for a friend um I don't even know if she paid us I think she paid us a a few hundred dollars and to this day that was that was like maybe 10 years ago now oh wow and to this day (laughs) that business still exists and it's in the neighborhood that I grew up in. So anytime I'm like walking down to get like a smoothie from the smoothie place that's below the yoga studio, I see that logo. They have not updated the logo. It's still on all their stuff. It's like on a storefront, you know, type thing. It's so surreal. <laughs> it was like the first logo I've ever designed yeah, in my it's, life. It's, it's amazing and embarrassing <laughs> at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. So yeah. what do you feel about after you've worked with teams and stuff and now you're freelancing? working from home it, mm-hmm. does it, is it lonely for you do you miss working out with other people do you miss collaboration I don't miss the zoom calls that's the thing is if I were ever to go back to a job the past few like company jobs I've had have always been remote the zoom calls really aren't the same you know yeah. what I mean like you have like five minutes of small talk and then you kind of get down to business and with like your friends in the company like sometimes we'd go on like the figma chat and chat while we design and all that stuff so that was fun but there's not a whole lot of socialization that I miss out on to be honest so I've been trying to work just like at my computer for 
most of the day. And then I signed up for a ceramics class so that I could get some in-person, you know. That's important. That's important. Yeah. To see people. See people. Exactly. So yeah, now that we're, you know, in the house, like I'm not dedicating a bunch of my time to like babysitting contractors and all of that stuff. Like I finally do have the space to create that balance, getting my work done and, you know, kind of isolating myself a little bit. But then going to play pickleball and, you know, seeing friends and going do do some ceramics classes. I want to do some more art classes and that stuff. So that's kind of how I'm I'm doing the the balance. But yeah, how do you awesome. how do you kind of get that that so, balance? First of all, so I'm in the I'm in a co-working space, but I am Oh, that's right. I have I have my own room. However, yeah. I have in the, in the same working space, uh, I have a couple of friends who are just like old time friends from military service. So they're sitting in the same mm-hmm. kind of like compound. So I get the benefit of I can sit here. I like to be alone and so I can focus yeah. and also I record videos and stuff. But right. if I want to go have a coffee break, I can sit down with them. We go eat lunch together. So I kind nice. of get both the benefit of I'm alone. I do my own thing. Uh, I got mm-hmm. my privacy, but also I get to enjoy kind of like with the social thing. That's great. Yeah, and I and you know I have my friends who I hang out with uh, besides work, but sure. Yeah, that's kind of kind of like how I do it over work. Yeah, but I have to be honest, nice. I also like to eat alone lunch by myself and yeah. read a book. So I I love yeah. that. <laughs> I would I know, go to I a like restaurant to... <laughs> and read a book, and that's it. Yeah, and I don't want people to talk to me. <laughs> so. Totally, I'm the same way. Like a couple times a week. Um, I'll go. So a, a couple of my friends who live close by, one in particular, is also part of the Great Resignation, <laughs> and so we're sort of doing a similar thing. And she lives like walking distance, so um, we'll sometimes go walk and get. Usually it's breakfast, like before we start our day together, which is nice. But I'm the same way. I like to make my lunch and sit and like catch up on YouTube, and so that's kind of like my decompression midday, you know, and like sit outside sometimes and just like in the quiet so yeah i don't sadly i don't miss the socialization of working at a company so much (laughs) no it's not necessarily i mean i think it's funny you've mentioned that when you got started you were like you didn't even know freelancing exists and it was kind of like obviously i need to get a job for me it just i started playing around with photoshop in high school and so my first experience was friends and then clients asking me, oh, so you know Photoshop, so do my logo, right? Like yeah. my the friends of my family, so help me out. Right. So my first experience was kind of like, you can call it freelancing or you can call it like helping other people, people right. who need help with the skills that you have. So that exactly. was kind of like my obvious. And then I also went to, to college and when mm-hmm. I finished, I was like, I don't want to sit home in my underwear doing work all by myself. You know, I'm I'm young. I want to meet people. I want to yeah. sit in an office and learn from other designers. And I did yeah. that. And I, I think it was great. I mean, I met my wife at work. I mean, if I oh, would cool. sit home, at, you know, if I would sit home alone, maybe I would meet her. So totally. I think if for young people, I would say, yeah, go to an office. It's great. I mean, it's for a period in your life. It's for fun. Again, exactly. not, 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 not a remote, because as you said, that's a completely different vibe mm-hmm. but go to an office with other people in the same area that's yeah it creates kind of like a social thing and, and, a, yeah. and a network um right a lot of yeah these do people... you think that's do you think that's going away a little bit for um younger designers like 
the opportunity, <laughs> the opportunity to have that type of like community at work. Definitely. I mean, I do you know Scott Galloway? Uh, the, he's like a branding so. professor. He's like a branding professor at NYU, and he's like he's got like podcasts and stuff like that. Okay. But he is now very big on telling everybody that because of the whole remote thing, then everybody stays at home and like young yeah. people don't meet and they don't have sex. And it's just like, it's bad for society that this happens Crazy. because people will not get married and, and stuff like that. So I think Whoa. it happens, but <laughs> yeah. And, and it's bad that it's happening. But on mm -hmm. the other hand, and I know this from our students, mm. not everybody lives in a big city with a lot of these opportunities. Right. Um, so yeah, it sucks if you were in a big city and now you're not benefiting from people around you, that sucks, but mm -hmm. you can go to a ceramics class. But if you're living in yeah. a small town anyway, you would probably not have designer friends in an office or studio to go to anyway. So it's now, so now if you can work remotely with somebody or be parts of online communities like ours, then you get at least More to have some kind of a network. Yeah. And, and at yeah. least in some way, kind of like socialize and hang out online, which is not yeah. the same, but it's, right. you know, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, that is like, it's sort of the dichotomy of this entire thing, right? It's like, you can do so much more now that everything's online, but but at the expense of what, you know? I think that's what I'm sort of coming to terms with is like, at the expense of what? Like, I, I did get to have that, you know, opportunity as a younger designer, like, even I even think about um, like my college experience and how I think a lot of people are missing out on that college experience. Like I got to have like a tight knit group of designers in my program it was like 20 of us who who graduated. I, I really I think I could text any one of them right now and catch up or like, you know, whatever. Like we worked together so like 24 7 it felt like we had a studio everyone had a desk you know it was very much an in-person vibe and I feel so bad for especially designers going into programs where that's just not a thing anymore there's like very little collaboration you're doing all your projects like online like I just think it's a bummer <laughs> I have the same experience from my mm -hmm. school so yeah. the funny thing is I went to college after already working as a designer for a few years so mm. I I didn't go there to learn software. I mean, right. you know, there were Photoshop classes and Flash classes and whatever, which yeah. I was like, I wasn't even attending them. I went to, but I went to like whatever typography, branding classes. Yep. But the, the, the key benefits for me from this experience were number one, having the opportunity to get feedback on my work from like exactly. experts. Number two, the friends that I've made there. Yes. Which very similar to what you said, like some of them are still my friends, like lifelong friends. Some of them got me so many opportunities through the yep. years where just like every time I have, like we're sharing opportunities. So one thing when I started Flux Academy, I really wanted to find a way to create these two things. So yeah. the feedback on work, we've managed to do that. We've got a team of mentors and we're like giving feedback and we've got office hours and stuff like that. Totally. Make building the relationships and creating friendships. I don't think we've mastered that. I mean, we it's so sometimes online. it happens. Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult. But we're it's kind of like my goal to find a way to facilitate that. Now we yeah, have something that. new called 
accountability partners. We're trying to hook people together for them to oh, study cool. together. And but it's it's a process because it's difficult. Right. Yeah. Like the reason I got so close with these people is because we were in person together. Like, you know, it's I don't want to say trauma bonding. <laughs> That's so dramatic. But yeah, our yeah. classes were hard and our professors were tough on us. And so we really wanted to help each other out so that we weren't like humiliated and a critique or whatever, you know, it's like you, you help each other out when the stakes are that high, you know, mm, like that's really, <laughs> that's really, that's really powerful. How do you, how yeah. do you increase the stakes? So people want right. to, are afraid right. to fail and they want to help each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Fear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I remember yeah, when I was hard. in school, people were like bragging about, I pulled an old nighter to, you know, to work on this. I was like, totally. I'm not, I, the good thing I about pull a single all-nighter. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah. that was my thing. I was like, I'm starting, if you're pulling all-nighters now, wait until there's a client paying you. Exactly. You'll be doing that as well. I'm setting yep. my, you know, red lines right now. I'm not working through the night, not now and yep. not later. And it's just like, hundred <laughs> percent yeah my friend that's so funny my best friend from the program and i we were notorious for leaving studio first at like 8 p.m or even sometimes like you know six seven or the day before we were done like we would print our stuff people would see us printing our stuff they're like they're already printing like we yeah. were the ones that were like we are not staying late we're going out like <laughs> We just started early and then while everyone else was like, oh, I don't know yeah. what I'm doing for the project yet. We're like, nah, we're going to be done. And then we're going to be at a party while you guys are trying to print your work. <laughs> it's, I think it's a really important to realize that, you know, you set your deadlines. It's true yeah. in school, but I mean, exactly. no, the deadline is fixed, but you decide how close to the deadline you want to yes. work. And that's true in school and it's true in real life as well. You know, I hate working very close to the to the deadline. Me too. And now I'm struggling with this because, again, my personal preference is to always leave buffer and finish ahead of time because, you know, you never know what happens and if there's yeah. like something breaks. And, and so I like to work that way. Now, Burak from our team, for example, and you'll meet him when we'll yeah. work on promoting the, the Figma course because uh, yeah. he'll he'll collaborate with you on the marketing. But he, he has a different approach. He yeah. is like... Why should we finish working on this two days ahead of time? I can make this much better with extra two days. We can improve mm. this. And imagine if we improve this, it's going to get more sales. It's going to get more results. Do you, so what do you want? Do you want to stop working right now or do you want more results? I'm like, I want more results. And then <laughs> we end up working very close to the deadline. Yeah. And it's it, for me, it's stressful. Like it's yeah. uncomfortable, but I have to make now the trade-offs between hey, do you want to be comfortable or do you want to get right. better results? So it's really interesting. That is interesting because for certain things it is, like the more you work on it, the better it's going to get. I mean, but you for, can always, you can take you this can rational to the better. extreme. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. So like I, I find, especially with YouTube, with my client work, I just have to work on it in dozens of small spurts because I find that my brain like works on the problem in the background and then I come back and I always can like you know I can always get it to okay now I'm happy with it and you can't really you shouldn't overwork like UX you know what I mean like it's true for everything with, yeah but I with think... YouTube I feel like there is like 
oh, but I could like add more like, like fun edits to this, you know, that's always the thing I kind of compromise on is like, but I'm tired. <laughs> so I'm just going to post yeah. it. But there's yeah. a, there's an important principle of good enough Yeah. that, you know, in business, I mean, if you try to, let's say everybody's talking about delighting the customers and doing yeah. what's best. If I try to maximize delight for the customer, I'm going mm -hmm. to go bankrupt, right? Because I'm going to yes. work on this forever. I'm going to put right. way too much work on this. Uh, it's going to be so expensive. I'm going to make it yeah. very cheap for the clients because that's what it's going to delight them, right? right. So <laughs> I'm going to go out of business. So at some point you need, there's kind of like a threshold of where it's best quality, accepted quality for the, the client, let's say. I think that as designers, we've got like very high bar for quality. So we always want to yep. push it even beyond that good enough stage, but that causes us to overwork ourselves or to the project ends up not being profitable again because we work too much. It's yeah, really important found... to, to find that sweet spot. Exactly. I have found working with my clients that if I, I just sort of have this habit now of setting an expectation and then delivering just over the expectation. So, and that's worked very well for me because I feel like people are rare, people rarely do exactly what they say they're going to do. And so if you do that and then just a little bit more, like clients are thrilled and that has gotten me very far um especially in a business where like referrals are so important and repeat customers are so important i feel like yeah that's advice i give to anyone working with clients is like don't try, don't over promise and don't try to like oh yeah i'm gonna make this so good you're gonna be so delighted all this stuff but also go a little bit above the expectation so that you stand out from like other people they've worked with that balance is like hard to strike especially with like pickier clients you know i i haven't had a picky client in a while thank god but i do I have had them before and it's always hard to please people like that. But for for the most part, you really can delight a client if you just do exactly what you say <laughs> you're going to no, do for, when I, you I, say it's going to be done. I agree 100% and I'll give a very concrete example of how I do yeah. it. So I always tell my clients, we only have three rounds of revisions. <laughs> yes, but I, do I know, yeah. I know I'm going to do at least five. Yep. But I tell them and I put it on the contract, I only going to do three of them. And then when we get to the three of them and they keep asking for stuff, basically I'm telling them, look, yeah. you got what you deserved, right? I should be yeah. now charging you a lot of money. Look at the contract. Exactly. But because I like you, you and buffer, because I yeah. want you to be happy, I'm going to do it. So now right. I'm oh, in that moment, immediately I'm over delivering because I'm doing exactly. more than what I promised. And you look like a hero. So it's, yep. that's not very 100%. difficult to, to And do. you know you're going to do that. So you, it's not like you're yeah, going yeah. out I, of business Yeah, I calculate the price based you on. You calculated that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. of course. I of do course. the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very nice, Maddie. Ah, oh, that was really an awesome chat. That was yeah, really fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was a really fun conversation. Yeah. Super. It's good to catch up with you. All right. So we're going to keep working together on the Figma course. I'm very excited to see how it Me comes too. up. And we'll will start ramping up your more more content with you, I guess, yeah. on September before we're <laughs> launching it. So 
be prepared to, to see Maddie on our channel more. Amazing. Congratulations on your new house and Thank on your you. husband's new job. Everything Thanks. falls into place. Yes. Yes, finally. <laughs> Thanks Amazing. so much, Ron.